you, oh great mountain. And I'd like to open up with a little bit something funny. So recently I was sitting with Perry and Pam and Pastor Brian Cutshaw late night at a city cafe and another minister was there. And we were telling crazy stories of things that we have said. One time I said from this pulpit, I was eight months pregnant, that when I died, I was pregnant with Christine, that when I died I wanted them to put my ashes on the piano. But I did not say ashes, I said the other word about never regained composure in that moment. Another time when I was young in the ministry, I was listening to an African-American woman. I was just so moved by her ability. And you have to be careful because you'll pick up things. And I picked up a saying, and right in the middle of my sermon, the house was packed. I said, you know what? You need to tell your haters, shut the... But when I said fuss, the whole crowd moved back like this. I mean, they're just... They thought I was going to say the other word. Come on, somebody. But I've never said that again, so that's all good. And Pastor Brian was laughing about a church that was splitting. You know, half of the congregation were against the other half, and they were using their spiritual gifts against each other. And one side said to the other, Thus saith the Lord, you think you are a humdinger, but you're not a hum, neither are you a dinger. <laughs> so look at your neighbor and say, You're not a hum or a dinger. And I was listening to a message this week from 1994. I preached Renee. And in my prayer, I said, Lord, we pray that no one this morning would leave changed in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We've done it all. We've said it all. Amen. Let's go to Zechariah 4 and 6 is the story of context. Zechariah 4 and 6. And then we're going to camp in 2 Corinthians 1. Who are you, O great mountain? Zechariah 4 and 6, the Old Testament, the Minor Prophets, 2 Corinthians 1. You can let me read for you if you will allow. Let's read and then we'll pray. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6. So this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might. Someone say, not by might. Nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. The message said, you're a molehill before my servant. Come on. And you shall bring forth the shouts of grace and grace to it. For the hands of Zerubbabel started it, and his hands shall finish it. I'm paraphrasing. For who has despised the day of small things? For when you see this happen, you'll know the Lord was in it. Can you say amen? Amen. Second Corinthians 1, Paul says, we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. So then we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we were under so much pressure, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened. Someone say, but this happened. That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Come on, somebody. Who raises the dead. He has delivered us, Paul says, from this deadly peril. And he will deliver us again. Someone say again. Our hope is set on him and he will continue to deliver us. Who are you, O oh, great mountain? Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Do what you do best and whisper into the ears of my friends what I don't even say today. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what you do so well. And may I add in, may we all leave changed in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, who are you? Oh, great mountain. Your neighbor is not your mountain, but it's a way to speak it. Amen. 
In this story, Zerubbabel is under great pressure. He's come back. The Jerusalem has been, uh, uh, re, uh, let's say, uh, re-landed. That's not the right word, but that's where I'm going to go with this morning. They'd come from exile, and they're there, and they've been working on the temple, but the temple's only half finished. And Zerubbabel is standing there in this story, hating to see that he's in the middle. Have you ever been stuck in the middle? The 70s had a song, Here I Am. Clowns to the left of me, jokers on the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle. I mean, here's the deal. It's, it's wonderful when you start something. You know, I love it. This diet that I'm on is going to be a game changer. It's going to be the diet of all diets, I'm telling you. This fitness program that I've started, how many have done this? This is going to be a game changer. It's going to be different than anything I've ever done because it's new. Someone say new. This is it. And for me, it would be like this filing system is going to be the filing system of the ages. This organizational system that I've come up with, it's going to make everything else look like dirt on the bottom of your shoe. Come on, somebody. Because it's new. Say new. But then time goes on and you're in the middle. The middle is tough because when you first start something, you're excited. It's new. But in the middle, people get weary. Amen? In the middle, people come under pressure. And Zerubbabel is under pressure. Faith has turned to fear. Vision has turned to apathy. And hope has turned to despair. And he's facing a failure of what I was supposed to finish or accomplish by this time. I'm not doing it. And I'm in the middle. He was facing overwhelming odds. What are your overwhelming odds this morning? Is it your job? Is it your marriage? Is it your checkbook? Is it all the above? No. Is it your kids? Or is it just overwhelming responsibilities? Or maybe you feel inadequate today and you feel like I'm not up to the task. One thing I love about this church and most churches I'm in fellowship with, we have a saying, it's okay. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay not to be okay it's okay not to be okay and Zerubbabel is not okay in this story and there's days I don't feel okay and it's okay as a leader in this house you are free to not always be okay as a church attender you are free to not always be okay the world is not looking for some watered down religion that says we've got it together all the time. We're on top of it all the time. We're a glory. Hallelujah. This day is beautiful. Some days are just not beautiful. Come on. Some days are tough. And some days I don't feel adequate and I don't feel okay. Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor again and say it's okay. Not to be okay. And God meets Zerubbabel right where he is. And God meets you and I right where we are. And he spoke to him and said, you know what, Zerubbabel? It's not going to be by your might or your power. And God is saying that to you this morning. You're going to hear it over and over again in this message. It is not going to be by your might that you're going to get this miracle done. It is not going to be by your power that this thing turns around. You do all that you can do, but it is going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. For I will receive the glory. You do all you can do, and then you leave it in the hands of he who created the world. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. I love it that God calls out the mountain. Who are you? I feel an attitude. Who are you, oh great mountain? Who are you? 
What a question. What a question. I am that I am, says the Lord. Who are you? 3 a.m. early Saturday morning, I woke up and I was looking on some things on Twitter. There's a handler who does cinematography of the creation of God, and he does it in such panoramic beauty. And there was a little dragonfly. I am not kidding you, my brothers and sisters. It was beautiful up close, and it was showing a video of the dragonfly realizing that he had water on his eyes. So he was wiping him off with his little tentacles and just getting everything dry and doing like this. And I'm thinking, my God created that. Come on, somebody. And then there was an elephant who they, some Indians pulled out of the ditch in India. And he turned around and took his big trunk and did like a wave before them. My God created that elephant. That's who I serve. Who are you, oh great mountain? Come on, somebody. Then I watched a dolphin. You've probably seen it. I mean, I was on a tear, a hair or something. And it saves this dog who fell off his boat. Have you ever seen that? And swims the boat, swims the dog on top of him. The dolphin just goes swimming. The dog's just sitting there like, wee, wee. And swims him back to the boat and gets him back to his people. My God created that dog. My God created that dragonfly. My God created that elephant. He is the I am that I am. So he can say to any mountain, who are you? Oh, great mountain. Give him a shout of praise this morning. And to whatever you're facing this morning, whatever mountain, that's just a metaphor for something in your life that's tough. God says, are you kidding me? Who are you? It's like to question the mountain, God puts the power back into our lives and puts the mountain into place. He mocks its greatness. Who are you, depression, that you should not bow low? Who are you, poverty? Who are you, this situation in my family. He is robbing it the power and the strength. Because you see, our mountains look so big because we fattened them up. Come on, somebody. We have fed our mountain. We have fed it and we have fed it. Here's your buffet mountain. Here's you some steak and some potatoes. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to talk to you instead of talking to God about the mountain. Come on, somebody. We fatten it up. We make it look so big. And then we're scared to really let go of it and let God take it because we're going to lose control. I want to lose control when it comes to a mountain that I've fattened up. I want to say to the Lord, I lift my hands off of it for no obstacle for against me shall prosper because you are the creator of the ends of the earth someone give him praise this morning come on look at your neighbor and say who are you oh great mountain you see God shows the mountain who's boss God says to you and I this morning you will stand victorious with everything underneath your feet for I have defeated it the Bible says that mountains quake. And I would love to have an image of this mountain, which was a metaphor of what Zerubbabel was having to face, that which was too big for him. He felt inadequate, unfinished. He was under pressure. And I would love to have seen that thing in the spiritual realm just quake. You and I, I, you, me, both of us, we, we become fearful of things that quake when the voice of the Lord speaks to it. We make something so big, but when the Lord speaks. I love the song that Rita Springer wrote. It was recently at a conference where they were singing. I Facebook lived it, and my children said, Mother, you're so loud, because I forgot I was singing with them. And, and even the person in the sound booth said, I heard you all the way up here. Past 500 women, I heard your voice, but it was glorious. Come on, somebody. I was born loud, and I will live loud. Can you say amen? 
And I love the song because it says, Who are you, mountain, that you should not bow low? I like Maverick City's version. Jesus defeated the darkness, and he has never lost a battle. Can I get an amen? Amen. Who are you, mountain, that you will not bow low before my people? I love that God calls Zerubbabel by name, but he calls the mountain out. We get it reversed. We think God is calling us out and speaking kindly to our mountain. Don't believe that Isaiah 43 says, because you are precious and honored in my sight, because I gave my life for you, I will speak to your mountain. You see, God cares for the assignment on Zerubbabel, but he cares for the man. God cares for your assignment in this moment of pressure. God cares for what you've been called to do. You've been called, we've been called to be rebuilder of broken places. We've been called to be the whosoever church. Can I get an amen? And my response to the movie we saw Wednesday night is coming up the last Sunday of this month. But I'm going to tell you this. God is mindful of our assignment. He cares for us. But God cares for the men and women in this room and what you are facing in life. And he says to the mountain before you, who are you? I'm calling you out and I'm speaking my children's name for I am with them. Someone give the Lord a shout of praise. Under pressure. I passed a person on the greenway. We often, Keith walks on the greenway too. We don't walk together. I don't even know when he's there. It's a long greenway, but sometimes we'll talk about it. But I passed someone that said, content's under pressure. And I said, I feel you. I feel you. My contents are under pressure too. Let me pray with you. No, I didn't do that. I just kept walking. <laughs> content's under pressure because I walk fast. And if I stop, I only stop for God appointments. All of us feel like at times we're under great pressure. Can I get an amen? amen. Personal issues. Business, financial, marriage. Our country is under pressure. The world is under pressure. We tend to get anxious we're under pressure. We get worried. We explode with anger. Or we implode with depression and discouragement, right? But God's people have a miraculous. Someone say miraculous. Resource. It is the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. He is greater than the pressure around us. Can I get an amen? You can handle anything in life by the power of God inside of you. Go ahead and give him a praise. This is fabulous news, Laura. God is for you, and that's so awesome. This is incredible news, Christy. God is with you, but the greatest news is God is in us. He is in us. When you receive Jesus Christ as Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor Rhonda, I've been hearing Kelly and Misha and y'all with your gifts. I don't have that gift. I'm not talking about gifts. You can grow in gifts. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the third person of the Trinity that Jesus said, it is better that I go to heaven that he comes. Because when he comes, he will teach you. He will guide you. He will strengthen you. I love the person of the Holy Spirit. I love him today. He walks with me. He talks with me. He guides me. He comforts me. And I'm going to tell you, he did not come to this earth when Jesus rose to heaven to leave us. He's not leaving this earth earth without us he is committed to the church he is working in the church he is drawing men and women to salvation somebody just give him a shout of praise Woo. Woo. 
And you can find strength in him. When we tap into his spiritual power under pressure, we can handle anything. In the book of Corinthians, tied it into our Zechariah context, which we'll come back to. Paul says, we were beyond our ability to endure. You may feel that way today. I have days that way. You may feel that you're under tremendous pressure, again, in your business, in your family, in your relationships, overwhelming odds against you. You feel you can't handle it anymore. But Paul said, I found this inner power. It came from the Holy Spirit. And all these things happened. All the things happening in your life today, in 2 Corinthians it says, so you will learn to rely on God and not on yourself. To rely on him and not on yourself. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, one of my personal favorites, Paul says, For we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency, that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Someone say, not from us. He says, we're hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. Outwardly, we are wasting away these bodies, but inwardly, we're like being so renewed day by day. He says, in all my troubles, listen to this, my joy knows no limits. I don't know about you, but I want that joy. In all my troubles, I want that joy. Sometimes I watch silly memes and my friends send them to me, women that are in ministry, and we laugh so hard we can't stand it because I need some joy. Last night I sent the team, but they did not, they laughed at me. I sent the praise and worship team a meme, and it's a guy, glory to the Father above. I can't think of that song. Yeah, that song. Anyway, and he's on a praise and worship stage. The singers are all here, and he's over here roller skating. I mean, it's just like incredible. He's doing twists, and he's just going with it. And I said, this is what we've been lacking. (laughs) Who shall go? Tanner Carson came up with a brilliant idea. It will be Matt Decker and Chuck Martin. One will have sparklers and one will have ribbons. And Chuck Martin, Chuck Martin decided to respond to me at 4 a.m. Thank you, Chuck, for that 4 a.m. text this morning. I want the kind of joy that has no limits, don't you? It comes from the Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. 2 Corinthians 9 said, and God is able to make all grace, I want you to say all grace, abound to you. That means all grace can abound. Abound means without limit. Without limit. God can make all grace abound to you and I. Well, that's great, but he keeps, Paul's such a writer, he just keeps nailing it down and down, his dissertation. In all things, someone say in all things. That means you and I, Belinda, can have grace in all things. In all times. Come on, somebody. I can have grace abound to me to make me strong in all things at all times, having all that you need. Someone say all. And you will abound in every good work. Can you say amen? It means this power of the Holy Spirit, this person who lives on the earth with us, this third person of the Trinity, you have to understand him. I've always told you, you don't understand how electricity works, but that didn't stop you from turning on the light, did it? Didn't stop you from eating uh, beef, even though uh, how does a brown cow make white milk? Come on, somebody, but you go get yourself a milkshake, and you don't even have to dissect that. Don't make it difficult. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is here with us, and he said to Paul, and he says to you, and he said to Zerubbabel, my grace is made sufficient for you. Can I get an amen? My power is made perfect in your weakness. 
Paul said, therefore, and this is the great Paul, the great warrior of the New Testament, I'm going to boast even more about my weakness. Don't you love a church of Jesus Christ on this earth today that boasts more in their weaknesses than their strength? Don't you love a humble group of warriors that say, you know, I had a rough week, but I know Jesus with me because I know when I am weak, he is strong. Can I get an amen? Amen. All of us want to live on easy street, and I'm happy. I mean, the songs I listen to when I went really fast, and my heart rate gets so high. I went so fast the other day, I had shin splints. But I was listening to I'm Happy and Justin Timberlake, all these happy songs. But life isn't always that way. We grow under pressure. Look at your neighbor and say, you grow under pressure. I saw a recent interview of Fred of a 102-year-old woman, and they said, what's the best thing about living to 102? She said, that's easy. There's no peer pressure. <laughs> hardy, hard, hard, okay. We need pressure. Did you know our gravitational pull, and be careful because I got some scholars in the room, some teachers, Tanya's a teacher, her daughter, I saw the colleges she's gone to, so if I kill this, y'all just give me a break. The gravitational pull keeps you from being seven feet tall on the earth. The gravitational pull makes your muscles and bones, when they go into space, they, get, they can get atrophy because they, they can't. The gravitational pull that God's put in the earth kept me from being nine feet. Aren't you happy about that? My head would be hitting the top of the ceiling. That gravitational pressure keeps your heart and your lungs growing and going. And that's why when you exercise, they begin to move. God works his best work through pressure. But in pressure, we will not rely on ourselves, but on God who does all things well. Somebody give him a shout. So number one, Paul says, under pressure... This happened to us so we might not rely on ourselves. You see, in times of pressure, we learn we're not sufficient. You know, there's a big thing on the social media, I am enough. I'm like, no, you ain't. You're not enough. That's a 62-year-old woman that don't take no bull these days. You're not enough, and you're not enough, and you're not enough, and you're not enough. We are enough in God. I like self-esteem. I like feeling good about yourself. A good, healthy self-image is powerful. But we have limitations. Can I get an amen? And you come to realize and the place that you realize under pressure to get some of the things you cannot rely on your talent and your ability. You can't rely on it. It's not enough. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes it's not enough. And Paul says, we were under such great pressure, far beyond our ability. I'm so thankful for a mentor who will write those words for the world to see. We're like, I'm enough. I got this. Step back. I got it. I got it. Ooh, girl, I got this. Ooh, boy, I got this. I am mighty. I love a person that says, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll help you get it. Can I get an amen? I love someone that says, no, sometimes I'm not enough. Under pressure, far beyond our ability, Paul said, to endure. We didn't have the ability, but the good news is, look at your neighbor and say, there's good news. You don't have to be Superman or Superwoman under pressure. You see, man's extremity, which means the father's point that I go is the beginning of God's opportunity. Can I get an amen? When you come to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of who God is. It's time to break our self-dependence on ourselves. Can I get an amen? 
realize we don't have the power that we need to deal with pressure. You know, at the end of your day, um, Pastor Hank and I, we used to counsel a lot. We used to say to each other at the end of day, you know what? My brain is dead. We didn't mean that literally. It wasn't a false confession. It was just mean I ain't got nothing left in me. You ever feel that way? Go to bed and get up the next day. Can I get an amen? Because you are going to come to the end of yourself. Even Solomon, who was chosen to be king, and listen to this. No one would have voted him in. He was Bathsheba's son. Who would have voted that in as king to replace King David? But God did because grace turns everything around. Grace always turns everything around. If you're here this morning or if Rhonda Davis, you ever think, I'll speak to you too, sir, sweetie. I'll say this to you. And then that is, if you think it can't come around, it can. If you think you've messed up too bad, you're wrong. Grace turns everything around. Can you give King Jesus praise? And, and God appeared to Solomon. He realized his limitations. And this is a great king. He said, I'm a child. I don't know how to do this. He wasn't a child. But what he meant, the way I see myself is a child. And I need you to help me. I don't know how to lead these people. I don't know about you, but you probably realize your limitations on even leading yourself. Can I get a hand, wave a hand and let the angels take a snapshot? I don't even know what to do. But we say, God, like Solomon did, give me a wise and discerning heart. We come to the limitations of our understanding. Everybody on social media has got an opinion. Do they not? They speak about things they have no freaking clue about. Can I get an amen? I just refuse to go out there. I do. I'm just going to keep Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Limitation of understanding. You may have the facts and figures, but none of us have all the facts about anything or anybody. And Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. That means I recognize that God's understanding is better than mine. We come to the limitation of our ability, which is what Zerubbabel was doing. And Zachariah says to him, no, you're not enough, but it, you've done all you know to do, Zerubbabel. And you feel overwhelmed. And maybe you feel overwhelmed this morning under pressure just to live life, just to punch in at that job tomorrow. But God says, it's not going to be might. It's not going to be power. It's not enough, but it will be by my spirit, says the Lord. Give him one more hand clap of praise. This verse means so much to me. In uh, 1986, I gave birth to my first child, Courtney. She was born with congenital heart defect. And uh, while I waited for her open heart surgery at Vanderbilt University, Pastor Hank was an evangelist. He kept evangelizing to keep bills paid and all of that. And I was at home with her for eight weeks. And every day I was thinking, is this my last day with her? And I was doing everything I knew to do. You been there? I mean, I'm praying. I'm fasting. But I'm like, Lord, is there something strange? Like, am I supposed to throw salt into the yard? Come on, somebody. Am I supposed to go run around a building? Am I, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. I don't want to lose this child. And I worked myself up into such despondency up and down because she fed every three hours. She'd never slept through the night. I'm sorry about that. You have reaped that through your daughter. Anyway, um, <laughs> And I'm up every three hours with her, and I'm feeding her, and I'm despondent. And I'm like, I'm not enough. I can't make this miracle happen. And one night, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, Rhonda, dry your eyes. Dry your eyes and get up and go read Zechariah 4, 6, my daughter. Well, in that moment, if you've never been there, you won't understand this. You're just praying. If you don't know Scripture, I so hope that doesn't say something stupid like Aaron offered a bird into sacrifice on the north side of a field. Come on, somebody. 
<laughs> I mean, you're just hoping, please don't say something stupid. And not that the word of God is stupid, but don't say something that doesn't fit this. But if that ever happens to you, just go read the miracles of Jesus and say, well, I missed it on that scripture. I'm just going to read about Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a hand. But I turned to Zechariah 4 and 6, and that's where it said, not by your might, Rhonda. You don't got this miracle inside of you. Not by your power. You can't heal this daughter. You can't do anything else in what you're doing, but it will be by my spirit, says the Lord. It will be by what I'm doing. When you've done all that you can do, put it into the hand of he who created the world. Can you give him praise? And it was that word that I held on to, that not by might nor by power, for six-hour surgery, I held on to that word while I waited while they had our baby in their hands, the best doctors on the world at Vanderbilt. It was that word I held on to in cardiac intensive care where little babies are all lined up with things from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. I kept hearing, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord. I held on to that word. When God gives you a word, hold on to it, cling to it, speak to it, make others know by the ability that you have to say I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded he is able give him a shout of praise this morning because if I would not held on to that otherwise I would have thought am I good enough for this miracle can I just talk to you for a moment am I good enough I mean I don't have the strength or peace am I believing enough I mean I was distracted for two days and binge watched Netflix we didn't have it but I'm making it current for you I thought a wrong thought the other day. I was so mad at somebody. I might have even said a Chinese word in my brain. I took a detour. I love what Pastor Billy said when he prayed for Tiffany Sally in these altars. God's going to heal you not because you're good, but because he's good. God does what he does because he is who he is. But God kept saying, focus on not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Because Colossians 1 says, he is the image of the invisible God. And by him, all things were created. And in him, all things are held together. Things are not held together by me or by you. We do what we can do. But at the end of the day, the power belongs to the Lord. If you're beating yourself up, if you're overburdening yourself, if you're telling yourself, you've not done enough, you need to run, run, run. You've run, now you need to walk. Now you need to cook eggs in a, in a business. I don't know. Now you need to do this. Don't get crazy. Do what you know to do and leave the rest in the hands of the God who created the heavens and the earth. Somebody give him a shout of praise. And when I walked out of that hospital with my baby nine weeks later, who today is somewhere in her 30s, but let's don't think about that. But when I walked out with her, I raised my hands and said it was not by my might because I didn't have enough. It was not by my power, but it was by your spirit that I have a living, breathing child with me today. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. We face limits in our physical body. Jesus said, your spirit is willing, but your body, your flesh is weak. Amen? My spirit is willing of all kinds of things. Are you tracking with me? Lord, my flesh can get weak. Can't yours? Romans eight twenty six says, we don't even know how to pray that the Holy Spirit has to pray for us in groanings. 
Sometimes we don't know how to pray. Well, Pastor Rhonda, I don't have the gift of tongues. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking that the power of the Holy Spirit intercedes before the throne room for the will of God in your life. We face limitations of our vision. We don't know what's going to happen. The best among us don't know what's going to happen. We walk by faith and not by sight. We want to know things we should not ask to know. We want what's going to happen six years from now. I have no clue. But what I do know, who holds the future? And his name is the great I am that I am. I'm going to tell you something in Corey Ten Boom's wonderful book, Hiding Place, living there in the time of the terrible uh, regime of Hitler. What, her daddy was a watchmaker and a jeweler. And one day they were on the train, and little Corey was asking her daddy about all these kind of things in life and why is this and why is Hitler and what are we going to do? They saved Jews, and Corey survived the Holocaust and the uh, concentration camps. But she looked at her daddy and she was so overwhelmed and her daddy said Corey pick up my suitcase which was loaded with jewels and watches and she went over and said carry it off the train Corey and Corey went daddy I can't do it daddy it's too heavy I can't pick this suitcase up and carry it off the train he said, neither should you carry what only your heavenly Father can carry for you. Neither should you try to pick up what you have no business trying to pick up. Neither should you wear on your heart and your mind like a yoke that which is too heavy. Let the God who created you carry it for you. Do not rely on yourself. Rhonda Davis is not big enough. I try to be, I am try to be to pick up all the heavy things of God. But I know I have a heavenly Father who the Bible says come underneath us and lifts us up and we can go on no farther. He is the God who can carry all the weight. Don't carry it for him. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house. Thank you, Jesus. We have limitations on our wisdom. Come begin to help me, Chris. I'm not quite done, but they'll think I am. Josh's children are sick, so we had to go home. Limitations on our wisdom. Sometimes we just think I don't know which way to go. Anybody with me? I've listed the pros. I've listed the cons like some kind of Amazon, you know, review. Well, if we go this way, we're going to die. But if we go this way, we're going to die really hard. Here's the pros and here's the cons. You come to the limit of your own wisdom. But James 1 and 5 declares to you and I today, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord, who will give it without reproach, which means... He doesn't slap your hand like a really horrible school marm or man who says you should have known that. He says to Rhonda Davis as the lead pastor of Church to Harvest, it's okay that you don't know that. It's okay that you don't understand that. It's okay that you don't know how that'll work. Stop relying on yourself. I will give you the wisdom. And the Lord's word to you today and to me, stop trying to do everything by yourself. Do everything you can and leave it in the hands of God. Somebody praise him this morning. One of my favorite Old Testament stories is King Jehoshaphat, who was a great king, a good king, a wise king. I love to study the kings of the old T. But he was a good king, but an army came. I'm t- you could be doing the right thing, and you can get someone come against you. Don't you ever take that a mark that God's not favored you. Well, I paid my tithes Sunday. But on Monday, Betty at the work flipped me off in a way that only Betty can do. It'd be great if Betty would just flip you off, right? It's the other things Betty does. I hope we don't have a Betty in here. But he's a good king, and suddenly he had three 
army surround him to besiege the city. And they were greatly outnumbered. So Cahing, so Cahing, Cahing, King Jehoshaphat calls everyone in for a prayer meeting for three days. Everyone say three days. You find this story in 2 Chronicles 20. And everyone was there. I love this. The families, the children, because the children should be a part of these things. The armies, the soldiers. And Jehoshaphat prays a brief prayer. And at the end of the prayer, when he talks about the war that they've come to face, he says to God, track this, Oh God, will you not judge them? God, will you not take care of them? They've come against your people. But then he turns about and he says, We have no power. Someone say no power. And no might against this vast army that has come against us. Neither do we know what to do. We don't know what to do. The king of Israel states before the Lord and all of his people. Are you tracking? I am not enough. Mothers, fathers, leaders. It's okay to say, I don't know. I'm not enough, God. He said, I don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. But here is the statement that he's most known for. But our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do. We don't have the might. We don't have the strength. But our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. And when he spoke those words, our eyes are on you. The second those words came out of his lips. And the Lord gives you images like this so you can understand. Because we don't ever see things in the natural sometimes like this. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit touched a priest named Jehaziel. And suddenly he gave a prophetic word and he said, this is what the Lord says. You see, until you and I say to the Lord, I don't know what to do, we may not hear from him. Until we say, I've done all I know to do, I don't know what to do anymore. But once the king says that, the spirit of the Lord taps Jehaziel and says, say this. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army coming against you because the battle is the Lord's. It is not yours. Can I get an amen? In fact, give King Jesus a hand clap of praise. Stand still and you will see the deliverance the Lord your God will bring today. When you have no might and no power and we don't know what to do, we must look to heaven and say, I don't know what to do. I've asked this person, I've asked that person, I've But my eyes are on you and God will intervene and God will remind you and I, the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord's. Colossians 1 and 29, one of my favorites. I put on my refrigerator when I was a young mom and I still quote it over myself. To this end I labor with all of your energy that so powerfully works through me. To this end I labor. We go before the Lord and say, I don't know what to do. But God will give you supernatural strength that comes from another place. It's not strength that comes from a a drink. I'm going to drink me seven power drinks today. And if I don't feel better by night and I don't sleep, I will drink 24 tomorrow. Don't do that. There's a strength that comes from another realm. That you walk through things you should have never been able to walk through. You see, you come to the limitations of yourself. Praise you, Jesus. You then step into the limitness of God. When you come to the end of yourself. In 1993, our praise and worship team, Chris, would be here to remember this. We got invited to a huge praise and worship conference in Dallas with Lamar Boschman. A lot of the greatest, great psalmists were there. Oh, it was mighty. It was fantastic. We were in a workshop, and a worship leader, McKenna named Bill, shared his testimony. 
And he said, I was very sick and I was on a respirator. And I could hear the nurses saying, he's not getting it. He's not getting it. Bill's not getting it. And I, all of a sudden he said, I slipped into a, another place and I had a vision. And the Lord appeared to Bill and said, Bill, you're not getting it. That breathing machine has to breathe for you, but you're fighting it. That's what the nurse is talking about. You're fighting the breathing machine. You gotta let it breathe for you. But he said, Bill, you've been doing this with your whole life. I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit in you, the breath of the Lord, His grace and His strength, but you've gotta let it breathe through you, Bill. You can't keep struggling against it. You can't keep fighting against it. You gotta let go and let God. You've been struggling to do it all by yourself, but grace is available for you. Can someone say amen for grace? Bill said he came back to life. He let the respiratory, the resp whatever that is, that breathing machine, breathe for him. And then he stood up whole and spent his life declaring the goodness of God. You and I have got to let the grace of God do for us what we cannot do by ourselves. We have got to let the grace of God do for us what we cannot do by ourselves. If you depend on your faith, then you'll always wonder if your faith is enough. A mustard seed is all you need. But God said in Isaiah 41 and 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. We rely on God. I'm coming down to the landing. We rely on God because he has delivered us, Paul said. Say he has delivered us. The testimony of faith that you've got in your life right now when God intervened. What he did yesterday, Paul said he will do today. He has delivered us. He will deliver us. Can I get an amen? We've got documented evidence in our life of His faithfulness. He will rescue us. We've got to learn to rely on God and not on ourselves. Can you say amen? And the lesson and the pressure that we've been through and Zerubbabel was through, it shapes us. It grows us. It toughens us up. It tenders us. I was talking to some great women of God on a thing that we have going with each other in different parts of the country. And we were all talking about the crazy things we did when we were 30. I apologize to Tanya and Sonia and the rest of them that I was their pastor's wife at 30 because I was crazy. <laughs> and, and we talked about just to encourage ourselves the dumb things we did when we were in our 30s. Not that we're not still doing dumb things, but pressure toughens you up. Pressure gives you wisdom. Pressure grows you up. The journey is who, what made you who you are today. That's why God can say, who are you, old great mountain? You are no match because I'll use this pressure to perfect my people. When you look back, you look back with victory in one hand and the lessons learned in the other hand and say the mountain that faced me off years ago, I conquered it in the name of Jesus and I will conquer this mountain in the name of Jesus as well. Give him a shout of praise. The message Bible says of Zechariah 4 before, before I end, it says this. Listen to this. I've got some things to say. But I love the way Eugene Peterson sometimes coins things. It's just too good. This is God's message to Zerubbabel. You can't force these things, Zerubbabel. They only come through my spirit, says God of the angel armies. So big mountain, who do you think you are? Next is Zerubbabel, you are nothing but a mohill. And he'll put the cornerstone in place to shouts of, grace. Everyone say grace. 
And this will be a confirmation that the God of the angel armies has sent you. Don't despise the day of small things, for they will all see and change their mind when they see Zerubbabel put the stone in place. If you're in the middle, God's got grace to help you today. God delights to see you finish, and God delights to see you begin. But God wants you to know it will not be by your might or your power, but by His Spirit. Give Him one more praise before I wrap this up this morning. Hallelujah! Paul said and Zechariah said to Zerubbabel two different ways, same thing, that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. God has the power to give life to the lifeless. I'm going to speak to the mountain he says for me to speak to. God has the power to turn everything around and change things. Don't say he can't turn around it. He is the God who raises the dead. Can I get an amen? Don't tell me it's hopeless. Don't tell me. He reverses the irreversible. This is the God who causes man who cannot see to see again. This is God who calls the man who cannot hear to hear again. This is the God who calls the one that was lame to be able to walk again. You see, there was a time I could not see Jesus as my Savior, but He opened my eyes. There was a time I could not hear His words of glory and goodness, but He opened my ears. Can I get a witness this morning? There was a time I was lame and I could not walk in His victory and I could not walk in his praise and I was crippled by my own inadequacy until he said daughter of God pick up your feet you are no longer lame you are full of my power and my might says the Lord once again give him a praise this is a God who makes the despondent have hope again this is a God who makes the fearful have faith again this is the God who makes the poor be rich again This is the God who makes the sorrowful have joy again this morning if you need that. This is the God who makes the weak recognize their strength in Him again. This is the God who makes the sick be well again. And this is the God, tender place in my heart, who causes the brokenhearted to be whole again. Anybody but me could sing that song this morning. When I thought I had lost me, you knew where I left me. You picked up all the pieces of my brokenness and put me back together. And all I did was worship. All I did was praise you. All I did was say I'm a child and you are God. And I need you. And he picked me back up again. Can you give him praise? He's a God who can make the inadequate feel strong again and capable. If you feel inadequate this morning, if you feel weak, getting to the point that I'm going to pray for you in a moment. You get this morning that you feel sorrowful, you feel fearful. Maybe you've gotten a bad diagnosis. Maybe you've gotten bad report financially. God says, who are you, O great mount? Who are you, O great mount? This is the God that has the power to turn night into day. This is the God who every morning, if you hadn't done it recently, run out when the sun comes up and just scream, you did it again. And your neighbor's like, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? You see, that's where we walk by miracles every day that are so powerful. When the sun comes up in the morning, it is by God's divine grace 
But do we go out and just shout, I'm going to stay here and praise for a while, children? Well, your children ain't going to be up. Let's don't lie about it. They're going to be slumbering in their beds with sugar plums in their heads. Come on. You go out and you say, I'm just going to praise you for a while. I'm just going to thank you that the sun came up this morning because you didn't have to do it, but you did. Oh, great creator, I am that I am. Who are you, oh, great mountain? I belong to the one who makes the sun rise every morning. And when the moon comes out at night and the stars fill up like a beautiful kaleidoscope of glory, I go out and say, you did it again, and you know all of them by name. And the lightning reports to you. That's my God. Who are you, oh, great mountain? You see, God has the power to turn that thing that looks lifeless into life. God has the power to reverse the irreversible. God of resurrection power, new hope, and new beginning. So I say today for the final time before I pray for you, would you stand all over this building? Would you stand right where you are? We're going to pray for you right where you are this morning. So we say, who are you, oh great mountain? I want you to say that this morning. I want you to get something in your mind. And you're like, well, there's 47 of those. That's okay. There's 20 of those. That's okay. I want you to see in your mind what is a mountain before you before we pray for each other. I want you to see it. Maybe you go, I don't know, Pastor Rhonda, right now, but I just know I want to speak to that thing. I want to speak to it. I want to declare to it. Who are you, oh, great mountain? And when you do, know that you speak it by the power of God Almighty. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to say, Who are you, oh, great mountain? One, two, three. Who are you, oh, great mountain? Who are you before the name of the I am that I am? Who are you before the creator of the ends of the earth? Who are you before the name of Jesus? That his name every nation shall bow. Who are you? You shall be made low. Now give King Jesus a shout of praise in this house. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Now I want you just, if you feel comfortable, if you don't, that's okay. We're, we're so good with that. I want you to grab someone's hand on the right or the left or maybe both. Just right where you stand. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. I want you to look at me and I want you to be reminded this morning, you are not enough. You are not enough, but he is enough in you. He is enough. If you're in the middle and you're thinking, how's this going to turn out? He says, I've got you. I'm in you. I'm for you. I'm with you. Let go of the control. You're not enough. In childlike dependency, let's come to a heavenly father who can take care of this. Right now, would you pray for that person on both sides? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these powerful words penned by Zechariah the prophet and by Paul the apostle. We thank you for the life and the encouragement we find in their weaknesses being displayed before us. Let us remember this morning that our weaknesses displayed will bring strength to others. Lord, let us be reminded it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to say, I don't have the answers. I'm not enough. I don't know what to do. Lord, we ask that you would remind us today we have our part, but we've done all we know to do when we prayed all we know to pray, when we've stood all we know to stand, that that moment we say, Lord, I've done everything I know to do, but today I decree it's not by mine nor by power, but it's by your spirit, Lord. Today, Father God, I'm going to leave this place with new encouragement, with new hope, with new faith. I feel 
feel like I've got a shot in the arm that reminds me your grace is enough. Holy Spirit, you are in every one of us. And we ask you to lead us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to give us wisdom. We recognize our need for you. And we will give you all the glory and the praise. And to every mountain, we say, who are you? You must bow low by the power of the king of the ages, the king of the universe, the king of glory, the king of greatness. King Jesus is his name. And we won't fail to give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Now will you give him one last praise? Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you, brothers and sisters. You keep praying if you are. But may you realize it is by his spirit.